0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of the Awesome in Seattle podcast. This is your host, Christian Awesome of the Awesome Awesome Group at Wilson Realty. And today, we're going to be answering a question we get at least once every week or two. Everyone always asks, instead of buying a house, should I just buy some land and build? Literally, we get that question all the time. So... Finally yeah, realized, I think yeah. you
1: weren't exaggerating about the once a week either. No, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's probably
0: often more often. So um, in fact, I just got it on Thursday and uh, that, was, <laughs> that was like three days ago. So, um, so today we are going to be answering that question. Uh, sometimes the reasons behind this question is, you know, they think that it's going to be more cost effective. Sometimes their motivation is because they want to build the House of their dreams or their very specific style or whatever it is. So, we'll kind of go over these uh, different motivations. Uh, before I do, let me let me intro the team. So, first off, we have the data groove, Mr. Jason Saldariaga. Me, 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 all <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, which is kind of funny that uh, we're talking about building when Jason has active construction going on in his home right now. So if you hear things in the background, that's him. Don't worry. Next up, we got the dog whisperer, Mister Les Cutting.
1: Roof, roof, roof. <laughs> Who let the dogs out?
2: <laughs>
0: and then, last but not least, the fellow Seattle native, Miss Reed Watson.
2: Hello, recovering from a tonsillectomy, so this is my new my new podcasting voice.
0: This is, uh, yes, you do sound different. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone has listened to the podcast previously, you know Reed's voice, and this is slightly different. So. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, thank mm-hmm. you for joining us with your new voice, read.
2: Of course.
0: <laughs> all right. So, like I said, we get this question all the time. Should I buy a lot and build? Spoiler alert. Most cases, it's not really recommended because of the cost, which is surprising because although it can be slightly less expensive overall, the amount out of your pocket is the big, big difference. So um, I do see the appeal in it. I you know, early on in my career thought that it would probably make a lot more sense financially to build as well. Um, but that's what we're going to do today. We're going to explain that breakdown. We're going to go over the breakdown of the, the out-of-pocket costs and uh, overall costs of buying versus building um, and allow you to decide which option seems the most effective for you. Uh, and one reason that buying a lot and building can be a headache or even a non-starter, especially in Seattle, is because available land in this area is super hard to come by.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um, Anyone who has been to Seattle, who looks on a map, who has gone on Google Earth over Seattle, it's a pretty dense city. There is not a ton of vacant land. We do have a lot of parks, so it might be misleading at first, but when you actually look in to the city itself, not a lot of free space. A lot of this has to do with just the nature of the landforms around us. If you've listened to our podcast more than uh, twice, you've probably heard me say itthmus. Yes. We are a... a Seattle's located on an Isthmus, which is a land separated by water or having water on two sides. A peninsula has water on three sides, and I guess an island has it on four sides. (laughs) We're an isthmus. and that really limits our growth. In addition, Seattle and neighboring towns slash cities slash other local jurisdictions have been really aggressive in limiting growth. And so they're not necessarily as open to never ending suburbia or sprawl, mm-hmm. I should say. And so a lot of the land that is available, a lot of the vacant land that is available is undesirable. Undes- it might Have a big slope to it. So it might be expensive or difficult to build on. It might be in an ECA or an environmentally critical area, perhaps a floodplain or something of that sort. And so it's even more difficult. You know, you have all these layers of difficulty at you. If you're looking for vacant land, okay, first of all, there isn't a ton available. Then it's going to be difficult to weed through and find a good lot without spending a ton of money on prepping the land just keep in mind prepping a lot can cost a lot of money hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of dollars and um, we're not talking you know ten thousand dollars here to no. fix a slope so yeah
0: i actually had a client two three weeks ago now um we were looking at or they were looking at potentially buying a vacant piece of land in Leshi. it had it was on in an ECA, an environmentally critical area, and in order to just shore up the land, not even build anything yet, just shore it up so that they could build, it was going to cost three hundred thousand oh. dollars.
1: Good lord!
0: So that's just to prep it to build. That's expensive. That adds a lot to the potential long-term cost, total cost of of the construction. So um, finding an empty lot that's ready for building is pretty much almost impossible at this point in the Seattle area, um, or at least in Seattle itself, in the city. Another possible issue is purchasing vacant land. It will most likely come with a much higher down payment compared with buying like a normal house. With a normal house, like we've said in our class a million times, the most common down payment in the Seattle area is 5%. For vacant land, you're gonna be at least 20%, if not 30% as your down payment. And it's not like that vacant land is super cheap either. They're still going for three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars, depending on the size and the location and the slope of the land. So, in Seattle, it's not like it's really all that cheap to buy vacant lots, anyways. The next question that people usually ask is, okay, well, what if I buy just a horrible house, a house in horrible condition, and tear it down? Um, let's kind of go over that.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting option. It's something that I'm quite familiar with. My parents tore down the house that I grew up in. It was a little brick cottage and built the house that they live in now and was quite the journey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so because... Land with a house on it is already quite expensive in Seattle. If you buy with the intent to tear it down and rebuild, you add a lot of cost before construction even begins because you have to buy the house first off and then you have to pay for it to be torn down all all before you even start building on anything. Also, building a new home often requires securing what's called a construction loan, which comes with higher interest rates than a normal home loan. Construction loans are really short term usually for just like a year or less because there's more risk involved and the interest rates are much higher there's also a little bit more involved lenders want a building timeline detailed plans a breakdown of the budget some even send representatives to the job site and the down payment for a construction loan is normally a minimum of 20 percent. it could be even higher and this is also just a little bit more stressful right because you know, you have to submit your building timeline and all and your budget and all of these different things. And anybody who's ever done any construction anywhere knows it's impossible to stick to the building timeline (laughs) and your budget is going to get blown out of the water. So there's just, it's also just a lot more mental stress. And I, I personally, from my own experience would like to add that if you're building your, let's say, really your dream home, right? It's not something you're going to live in and then sell. You're probably going to want to put a lot of care into it and attention. And this turns into a full-time job. Mm -hmm. When you you have a contractor out there all the time, you have a project manager, you might have an architect, but- It's your house. You want to make sure everything's going smoothly. Everything looks and feels the way you want it to. And then there are also just a million and a half decisions to make about every single little finish. And if you have a partner, you have to make those decisions with them. So I really can't stress just how much time this takes out of your day. If you're somebody who works a full-time job you're really passionate about, this is going to be a major stressor. And it could be a stress on your marriage as well. Are you Um,
3: giving me indirect feedback? back right now <laughs> we had some crazy storms recently and yes. uh, some leaks occurred in my house around some windows instead of just replacing a window it just kind of catap- you know catapulted i guess or snowballed snowballed yes into um let's just just reside the entire front of the house replace the window <laughs> rebuild the entire front porch and uh, it, it's a lot and being yes. here is essential Yeah, I feel yes. you and i can add
0: on to that as well we just just two weeks ago redid our primary bathroom got out of the 1950s uh and finally came into the modern day and we finally have hot water again in our sink so that's great but i will say that all of those little design details Mm -hmm. literally the first or second day they were well the first day they actually started building after they did the demo it was Every 45 minutes to an hour, there were more questions about what color schluter do you want? How do you want the niche in the shower to sit this way or that way? And do you want them on top of each other or next to each other? It was literally a whole day that I lost of work answering these questions. Because by the time I got back into it, into work it would be immediately pulled away to answer these questions. So we ended up just hiring, which we already had. We had hired a designer. I learned a valuable lesson. Let the designer make all of these or answer all of these questions because otherwise I'd be doing that all day long. And that was for a small bathroom. Like I can't even imagine how much would go into uh, building an entire house.
2: Yeah, it's really no joke. And it's also just stressful because you know that if it, if you'd get it wrong or if somebody else gets it wrong, it's going to cost twice as much to redo it the yep. way you want it to. Yeah. So well, there's that.
0: Yep. And the cost involved in buying a house just to tear it down is normally enough to deter most people from pursuing oh, that option
2: because yeah.
0: Yeah. it's just, it's so much money just for a house that you're going to tear down. So, but Hey, if you still think this is the wise way to go for you, the next thing you'd want to do is consider the cost of actually building.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Christian, let's talk about it. All right. I'm going to lay it down for you guys. A second. <laughs> All right. So fun fact, the uh, national average building of uh, building a home is a hundred dollars to $160 per square foot, but we're way above that. Way, way above that. Way above that. So living in Seattle, the actual cost is between 300 and 400 per square foot here. Yep. So if you're set on building spot builders are an awesome option um so a spot builder is basically a some a builder who will go in an established neighborhood and pick a lot and basically build on that lot so they're not tearing down the whole neighborhood and d- developing the whole neighborhood they'll just pick one lot and they'll build it mm-hmm. so if you're going to do a spot builder we would recommend that you pick a company who has a floor plan and design that's going to fit your needs and wants and select a company that's going to guarantee a price
0: yeah so there are definitely some spot builders that will guarantee their pricing and i would recommend that if you can find one that does if you want a recommendation just reach out i have some that do this and the reason that that's such a huge positive is i don't know if you've heard but there's this little thing called inflation happening and prices are jumping up and down especially with the supply chain issues you know one week. Something might be one cost, but now all of a sudden demand has grown and supply has diminished. And now the cost of that same thing has skyrocketed. Uh, And that's happening left and right right now. So,
3: yeah, cost and time. I know my neighbor's replacing a window, it's going to take six months, they say, to get the window. I'm getting a window replaced, but it's a local manufacturer. It's supposed to take two to three months. Let's see, let's talk in two to three months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it might be six months, but uh, yeah, yep. things, everything is just delayed. Paint, uh, earlier the, this oh, year yeah. you could not get paint canisters, mm-hmm. like the actual metal buckets,
1: yep. <laughs> the tins. Um, yeah, funny, Yeah, odd times. And this is all really important because more than ever because of the pandemic. Obviously, as Christian touched on, lumber and material prices are fluctuating and typically increase annually. When you work with a spot builder that guarantees a price, basically if anything changes, the cost is going to fall on them no matter what the actual cost of materials is and the labor end up being. Um, With a guaranteed price, the builder carries the risk of changing material costs, not you. So it's always a great option. Yeah. So you can look, look into that if you guys are interested.
0: Yep, and again, if you want a referral, just let us know. I have some that, that can do that. Not every, most builders, I would say don't do that uh, because it is a little more risky for them. But the, I'll say from a building perspective, it's a lot less stressful not having to worry about that if you can get someone that is doing a guaranteed price. So uh, if you are determined to build from scratch, it is important to consider the time and stress of this project. Like Reed touched on, it just takes a long time. Uh, getting permits right now is taking forever, like literally forever.
2: Like years.
0: Yeah. Uh, In some, in some instances, yes. A year. Yeah. Yep. Finalizing building plans, uh, going back and forth with your uh, architect, with your designer. And then, you know, if you still have a job, you're (laughs) You're trying to do that. Yeah. If you still somehow are employed after spending all your time on building, then, then you still got to figure out what materials are available. So there's a lot going on and it, it can take a ton of your time and it is very stressful. Uh, and like you mentioned, Les, this is especially pertinent now because of the pandemic and the supply chain issues. At a minimum, you're often looking at a year. Often it ends up taking much longer. Uh, I've heard that permits for new construction, we're looking at building a DADU here in Seattle and just to get the permit, they're saying at least six months. So we're going to have everything ready to go, but we can't do anything until we get the permit signed off. So yeah, be prepared for at least a year uh, and be prepared for that to turn into a year and a half or possibly two years to complete the entire process because you could have delays with other materials down the road. And even once you have a floor plan, there's still a lot of little design decisions that we talked about that can really make this process stressful. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 Not to scare everyone
3: (laughs) out there, but it's just, it is a lot to take on. I bought a house about two years ago and neighbors behind me were building then and they're still building now. (laughs) Um, And it was supposed to be done like a year and a half ago. Uh, So, you know, just expect things to cost a little more or a lot more and take a little longer or a lot longer than you plan. So it's really important to figure out all the costs from time to financial costs before you start digging, you know? Um, After a little research, a lot of people just determine that it's a lot more cost effective, less stressful and will be faster to, like Reed said earlier, to just either buy new construction from a builder, which you do find in Seattle Metro. You don't see so much of that in Seattle proper, but in places like Mill Creek and whatnot, you'll see new neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not uncommon at all. It's also, you know, some people who really want to do it themselves might end up just buying a house and remodeling it. And uh, I'm putting remodel kind of in air quotes here because what this usually means, at least in Seattle, is keeping the floor, the footprint, um, the foundation generally, and then building a new house on top of that. Seattle itself, we haven't really mentioned this or kind of indirectly, I guess we've inferred it. Seattle makes it pretty hard. They don't want you to tear out a whole house, build a new foundation, they would prefer you to increase density with what you have. So they want to encourage dadus, like those detached garages or mother-in-law suites. They want to encourage maybe an extra floor being built or uh, finishing out the basement. They would rather you not just build a new house. Part of that is because of the environmental toll it takes, the carbon emissions and all that jazz, but also it's about keeping the character of the neighborhood while increasing density that's kind of their their goal so just something to keep in mind
0: yeah and jason kind of touched on this instead of completely tearing down a house and starting from scratch with a new foundation one way to speed up the permitting process if you did want to build almost new is to not remove the foundation and keep the same foundation footprint and then build from there. That can actually speed up the permitting process by months and months and months. I've heard, I haven't experienced this directly, but I've heard from past clients that have done this and from also some friends that had to do this because they had a fire at their house that burned down the house, keeping the foundation the same and going up, sped up that permitting process by at least six months in some instances. So that might be the best route to go in order to speed up you know, the whole time frame. And keep in mind if
3: you're, let's say, adding uh, removing the attic and adding a second floor, Mm -hmm. you can't just necessarily do that. You have to potentially reinforce the foundation or rebuild a lot of the structure on the first floor. So, but you can still keep the foundation, but you might have to... Reinforce it. Reinforce it in some way, shape, or form.
0: And that's generally the case. It's not often that you can just use the foundation that's on your house currently and add another floor without reinforcing that foundation. Um, Because the house just wasn't built to do that initially, most likely. But I think the bottom line here is that there are quite a few paths that you can take to owning your dream home. And building may or may not be the best option. I hope this was super helpful to anyone who was thinking about this option. I hope you now understand the kind of the different down payment out of pocket expenses, as well as the cost to build that three to $400 a square foot is kind of on the the lower end. It used to be before the pandemic, it used to be around 250 to $300 a square foot, but that's definitely increased since then. So if you're building only a thousand square foot house and it's $300 a square foot, you're looking at a $300,000 cost to build. Uh, Plus you need the land. So uh, that is about it for us. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Awesome in Seattle podcast. Really appreciate it. And whether or not you are considering building or buying, the expertise and experience of the Awesome Awesome group is available to help you out. So do not hesitate to reach out. If you need a spot builder, don't hesitate to reach out. We can give you some referrals. And thanks, uh, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.